This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Overdue, it's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. I move my mouth away from the mic so I can breathe. <sighs> you idiot. Okay. Welcome. All your base are belong to us. <laughs> I'm going to rickroll you now. Just imagine that you're being rickrolled. <laughs> well, they set us up the bomb. Welcome to our happy horny days bonus recording yep i hope everybody's ready mm. for this one mm. this is one of our it's... bi-monthly patron streams thanks to our uh patreon supporters we have some of them watching us record this and participating in a chat so we might bunch talk of, to them bunch of bunch of pervos <laughs> come on <laughs> Uh, it's a horny one. It is a horny one. Everybody and in the chat's pervos this month. Yeah. Uh, and Ellis is asking what's on your shirt. It's dabbing Santa Clauses. Yeah, I dabbed the way the Santa did. I'm dabbing. Because we're hip and we're hipping with it and on fleek and <laughs> um what's the what's the one where you shake your butt? Twerking. Not twerking. The the one that's a, like the Brooklyn drop or whatever it's called you know that one the harlem shake the harlem shake yeah <laughs> the brooklyn drop ah, oh man uh this is gonna be a <laughs> podcast about the book coming for christmas by christina mm-hmm. allen yeah we need to say up top this is an explicit adult oriented episode yep there is sexual content there is foul language mm-hmm and while it is a very sex positive book, it is it ex- it is pretty raunchy. Is it sex? It's like if it's sex positive, then it's negative about a lot of other stuff. Which well, is unfortunate. we're gonna get into it. So. It's also so. Do we want to talk about? Let's talk about the Christmasness of it up top. Is that at one point one of the dudes is wearing like elf boxer shorts, and one of them talks about how he hates Christmas music. Yeah, and really. Oh, and the and uh, Beth or whatever her name is, she calls her parents once. Well, and it takes place on Christmas. Christmas Eve. Yeah, it takes place on Christmas Eve, but it like doesn't have to. There's no reason for it to do that. Well, no, because it's it's a Christmas present that she's buying herself. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be though. Like we, I, I am saying that we've read lots of horny Christmas books that have had that have made Christmas much more central. Mm. Like in one, like Santa was there helping find the murderer. And the other one, it was a woman who worked at a mall at a Christmas party. Yeah. Making like Christmas cookies. And her name was also Christmas. I think that there is an interesting vein in this book where the three main characters don't, re- <laughs> phrasing, don't, uh, don't really seem to like Christmas. No, they hate Christmas. But that to me felt Christmas. But they like boning. The, they They didn't like Christmas in a lot of the like you know, common tropey ways. 
that I but feel like that, if I was no, someone th- reading it who <sighs> didn't like Christmas, I'd be like, ah, yes, I identify with this. I guess, but I feel like there needs to be someone to act as a counterweight who loves Christmas and who, mm. as they fall in love with her, they also fall in love with the holiday of Christmas. Well, I'm sorry that that wasn't here for you. I'm sorry that that's what you wanted from this book and didn't get it's it. It's just, I just need, I mean, it's very horny and yeah. there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. We're going to be shooting off a lot during this podcast. Um, Buckle up uh, or unbuckle. Just buckle all your various buckles and straps in your sex swing. Bolt bolt your sex swing to the ceiling in your hotel room because it's time to talk about Christina Allen's coming for Christmas. So I was I'd been putting a cover for this book um, on our socials to to get people ready. It's a couple of beefcakes. Well. No, the one that I was sharing was, uh, it kind of looked like the distracted boyfriend meme a little bit. Like it was uh, a blonde guy and a redheaded woman kind of looking at each other. Mm -hmm. And then uh, off to the side, there's a dark haired man staring like right at the camera looking a little left out. No, mine's a beefcake. Nope, that's what I'm saying. But then the yeah. actual book, the the ebook that we both bought and read, has the, the beefcake things yeah. uh, that kind of look like they really have that muscle from that D'Angelo video. They've got that hip muscle. The oh the the uh, oh, okay, it's about to get the cum gutters. <laughs> <laughs> that's what? what those are called. That's I've re- I've heard those described as that. Ah, uh, the little like divot, the hip divot. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Adonis belt. Tysophene says. I mean, that's one way to. I think. <laughs> I think the way that I described it. I called it the distracted boyfriend meme, and is the distracted girlfriend meme. My mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's. I was just kind of struck by both of those covers, like mm-hmm. a lot of. Th- People are struck by things that happen mm-hmm. in this book. This mm-hmm. book was published in 2017. Um, Lara it, is asking if they're two different people or the same beefcake. It appears to be pasted. different, or I think they're different, or at least it's the same guy from a different angle. You know, the <laughs> way that the veins in like the it's hard to see because it's a little blown out, but the way that the veins in like the upper arms are, yeah, showing it kind of does make me think that it might be the same, the same beefcake, maybe. And we're seeing the left and the right. <laughs> I don't know. I like to think that whoever put the cover together found two different photos of the same beefcake didn't know that they were different people and used I them. guess the one on the left has more defined, slightly more defined abs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a big bow on it. That's how you know it's for Christmas. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Christina Allen. Uh, <laughs> this is, the official title of this is Coming for Christmas parentheses sexy romantic standalone book one okay so you know that right off the bat this is trying to be a standalone book even though it is also part of a series so i'm not sure that listen <laughs> like fine so christina allen according to her website christina allen lives in somewhere usa with her amazingly awesome husband though she works full-time blogs and reads like a maniac she still manages to find time to write all of her crazy stories her hobbies include baking skydiving karaoke and general mischief Who's General Mischief? Aye, aye, sir. Uh, her other Continue. books. Continue. You keep going. <laughs> I didn't expect you to pause that long for the dumb thing that I her said. Her other books include the Hybrid series, 
which are our dark paranormal romances. Finding it's about Priuses that turn into robots that bone. You t- you listen to these titles. You tell me if there are any robots here. Sure. Okay. Finding Kylie, saving Heather, redeeming Marco. Wow, a lot of people need various things done uh, yeah. for them. Got to the help these people. people. The sexy romantic standalone series involves coming for Christmas, finishing in the New Year. That I did like that one. That seducing my Valentine. Um, and I do think that finishing in the new year continues the story of some of the characters from this book. I, yeah, there I was a little preview Jared, at, the, at the end of Jared the, is in finishing in the new year. Yeah, um, because at the, in the epilogue of coming for Christmas, he's like, "Dang, I went to the wedding of the other two characters in the book." Spoiler alert! And yeah. now my dick don't work no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. She has also contributed to the Falls Village Collection, the story called What Once Was Mine, or that's the name of the collection. And she also wrote a book called Insatiable Lover, which is part of the Cocky Hero Club series. Interesting um, choice of words there. And that is uh, two authors who I think have a book series, and now they have started inviting other authors to submit works for their horny universe. So... Andrew, Carol, how did we find Carol this has book? said that that she has looked at the cover while signed into her dad's Amazon account. Oh, so everybody opening incognito rip in peace, windows. We're sorry, we are not liable for any any <laughs> anything that may happen to you as a result of listening to this podcast. Um, and then, how did we find this one? You I did. will Google just like sexy Christmas books, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and usually that'll pop up like either a couple of blogs or a couple of, like Goodreads lists. There's another one that I think was called Cowboy for Christmas that I wanted to read more, but it doesn't seem to be in any kind of You weren't of able to get anymore. it. Yeah. yeah, which is too bad. Um, so if anybody and out there Brian, has, Brian, has last, last chat, Last chat checkup. Okay, please. Brian asked, what beer are you drinking? We are drinking a uh, tequila barrel-aged beer as part of our winter beer advent. We are both drinking this beer at the same time with our friend Catherine. We're like, what, five days into a 13-day advent? This is is the sixth beer, where we all drink uh, the same beers that we have gifted to each other. It's very salty. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Got some notes of agave. We got to get into this book. I have a content warning. We got to get into into this book. I have a content warning from the book itself, Andrew. This is Is, in the text. mm -hmm. This book contains FF, MM, MF, and MFM sexual content. If you have no idea what that means... Then keep reading. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? <laughs> it's just, it's just fun. I don't know. I that sets a tone for how I think Christina Allen thinks about this book. I think she is. How having, many different gender combinations can we slam together? Li- well, literally and figuratively, and she is having fun writing this even though yeah. i think that characters in this book do some things that i would not consider fun and i'm not just talking about what they do in the bedroom no i'm gonna be upfront. i kind of hated both of the men in this in this yeah. book especially like yes. i love i love bethany beth yeah b, as she tries to she call, tells both of the men that she prefers to be called b and one of them is just like no i'm not yeah. doing that i'm calling and then they never beth. yeah they never no one ever calls her that again in the rest of the yep. book yeah and so if men ignoring what a woman says that she wants 
is a thing that you don't like in your romance books, I could tell you not to read Coming for Christmas. <laughs> Though I know, you know, that that writing a like a perfectly like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 100% above board sex book is like kind of defeats the purpose sometimes for some people like depending on what you're looking for these people aren't great and that could hurt your enjoyment of the book it could uh, listen and here's why here's why it hurt my enjoyment of the book is that they're not great and they but they think that they're they're fine like yeah cooper cooper josh says multiple well, don't times spoil like oh, anything I'm, yet we're not even sorry, into the- i already spoiled that they got married at the end cooper josh cooper says a couple of times oh well i i've been following this girl beth since since we were in high school and she didn't notice me because i was a nerd but i'm not like a stalker or anything like his line yeah. for what a stalker is is like pp sylvia like thread and <laughs> the in a cork board like it's pretty high. Like, I don't think that you get to decide where the stalker line is. Yeah. And then, but the the premise of the climactic sexual encounter of the book. Oh, it, there's a lot of climaxes. Is that the two men are doing what she has asked. Yeah. And so, like, I think the book is is kind of weighing. There's a little bit of, like, well, they're doing what she well, they're, okay, so they're they're doing what she asked, but then she says, "I'm not looking for a relationship. I just want to get. I just want to get boned. I just yeah. want to get off. I'm not looking for any this to become anything. I just I watched a VHS tape of a threesome, and now I want two dudes to blast my situation, <laughs> and I don't want it to be any more than that. But the whole plan from the start is for it to be more than that for Cooper. Yeah, so." Ellis points out men ignoring what women want is the driving force for the plot of most books. Not going to lie. True. That is true. Uh, so we're thinking about as we get into this book. Where, when was this book written? Was 2017. It, it, I, yeah, 2017. So it's I mean, like all of this well, all after, of, well after uh, people invented the concept of consent. Yeah, and all of the, all of the sexual content of the book is explicitly consensual. Mm-hmm. Explicitly such yeah, and explicitly yeah, yeah, yeah. such, um, yes. but and there are buts. But uh, there's some lies and uh, omissions happening as people for sure talk yes. to each other. All right. So, do you want to set it up, or should I set it up? Well, let me let me do the setup of the coffee shop scene because yes. I've got some text pulled up here, please. And I've got my notes at like halfway through the book become unhelpful because it's just me typing what is happening in all caps over and over again. <laughs> okay, Bethany, <sighs> uh, our main character. Uh, yep. Bethany, you can call me B, is in a coffee shop. It's the week of Christmas, I think. Yeah. And she's talking to her friend Carrie on the phone who she works with uh, about how she's getting ready to meet two dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie thinks that bethany placed a craigslist ad to meet two hot guys for a threesome for christmas Mm -hmm. um what beth what carrie doesn't know is that bethany actually signed up for some like super illicit dating site like you pay for it and they do all the screening and they for some reason just like give your money back to you in the form of like gift certificates for hotels deals with hotels promotional deals with hotels andrew they i guess you know they get you a swanky room they give you 
gift they give certificates you for money sex toys. For sex toys, yeah. Even though, I mean, Jared doesn't think he needs a sex toy. Yes, because um, he's just so good. Boy, I'm just, you know, I'm going to find the, I'm going to find the exact. Okay, so you keep you keep going. as you said. She is not looking for a boyfriend. We find out a little bit later in the book that she, at a young age, watched a porno and got really into like intense kinky sex. And every guy that she has dated her entire life has been kind of boring in that department. And she's... when I was thirteen, I found a porn tape in a box in my parents' basement. It was labeled music video, so, so of course I wanted to see what the video was. As soon as I hit play, I realized that the only music in the video was the melody of moans and grunts of the three people fucking. Yeah, great. Cooper interrupts me. You saw an old VHS style porn where the men had fewer abs and the women wore their lady bushes proudly. Jared chuckles and pats Cooper on the back as if his quip was a job well done. Yeah. So this just like really there's there's a lot of electrifying prose in this book. Just like really good stuff. So like, um, well, can I like, introduce that our shit was hot as fuck and I almost blew my load. Is <laughs> one good sentence. I think okay overall top level this book is blunt. Like this yeah. people are. There's not a lot of euphemisms in this book. If that's no. what you like about romance writing, you like talking about metaphor and things. No metaphor and like digging out the thesaurus for like, genitals. Your <laughs> butt is gonna get shattered by a penis in this book. Like that's <laughs> like that is basically what's happening. But we do get the introductions to our two guys in the coffee shop as they walk in. Cooper Whitmore. Love him. Love um, Coop. He's, and this is how Bethany describes him. And she, so this is her seeing him, and also she has info on him from this dating app. And the book shifts point of views between, between, the, three between the three of them. Yeah. But though Cooper and Jared get more big, time. Big complaint of mine. Okay, yeah. Um, Cooper Whitmore. Divorce. Is it because they suck? Is it because both of them suck? <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be a book about her. And it's about <laughs> these dudes. Anyway, dudes are fine, but not these dudes. Uh, not Cooper these Whitmore, dudes. divorced father of a three-year-old son whose mother is primary custody. He works full-time as an accountant, frequents baseball games, and might have a slight gambling problem. When I first saw he had a kid, I almost deleted his email, but his photo kept me interested, meaning I felt a quiver in between my legs at his boy-next-door good looks. His blonde hair is neatly trimmed, not a strand out of place. Those hazel eyes are a contradiction to his appearance. They shine with a glint of mischief and send a subliminal message that says, I am going to destroy that pussy. How could I say no? Okay, then Jared comes in. Jared Carrington comes in. Jared Carrington has this master of the universe air about him. He runs a hedge fund, and from my experience, those business types have alpha male tendencies, along with major control issues. His photo was just as telling as Cooper's. His tailored appearance, expensive watch, and cufflinks tell me he likes the finer things in life. His assessing leaf green eyes and inky cropped black hair add another dimension to his magnetism. He's single, but from what I've heard, he's fucked tons of women at the MI office, so I have it on high authority that the man knows how to use his dick. The question is, can he handle me what i like about these passages okay is that they're like hmm here's some like kind of interesting character stuff oh here's some, here's here's some context of, this guy has a kid this guy yeah he like wears cufflinks yeah and then at the end it's like but can he fuck me like it's it's got a good structure repetitive structure to it where like mm -hmm. the the uh the cussing shows up at the end <laughs> for lack of a better word <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, so they walk in and they're both huge dicks to her. Also, they know each other. They know which each other. Like, they're good pals, which is not ever, it's not gay at all, and they don't do any gay stuff to each other. But they don't want to tell her how they know each other. No. Just that they go way back. No, they're just two dudes who love boning the same lady at the same time for no reason. Yeah. Please don't ask any questions. Please do not. Um at one point oh, did you I pulled the quote where uh where Cooper's looking at her boobs and he says, Daddy like, and she's like, Don't ever say that reading this book as a comedy greatly en- enhanced there, my enjoyment I mean, of just, it there are so many weird turns of phrase in this book that i clocked like repeatedly one of them goes to palm her boob like a basketball yeah like, th- like they're gonna palm it yeah like, that's what it says in the book like this is not me like surmising something they just they want to palm her breast yeah and then during the scene where they're all slamming each other, they both want to they both want to come on her pussy. That that was an interesting preposition that was used. Twice. At least twice that I yeah. saw, as they both want to come on it. It's fun. This book's fun. It's what? <laughs> <laughs> I think like Ronwin asks, how does it stack up against Fifty Shades? And I yearn for the the uh, likable, well-drawn characters in Fifty Shades of Grey. This book is not trying this book. to do that. This book, no, is... it's not. And that's what I think the problem. That's why I think I like the other ones more. Is mm. they do more. It's both that they do a little more character work, and also that the characters are not dipshits. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, this book is uh, as complicated as a as your average porn. I think that is if you come in. With that in mind, it won't like you probably won't come away being like, well, I, I wanted more stuff. I don't know. I think yeah. you're we're both here for the the kind of the window dressing to the sex sometimes. And it's true. This book is like, no, nah, it's just these kind of busted people who are going to fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, but, gonna... then, uh, but then still trying to do story stuff. So, OK, they they all meet at the coffee shop. Yeah. Beth's like. I want you to call me B. Jared's like, no, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, fine. I'll never mention that I prefer to be called B and I hate my real name ever again. Uh-huh. Because she does say that. And then she gives them both like a list of things that they want to, she, she wants them to do. And then everybody's off to go do their own things. And yeah. so Jared, the first Jared chapter we get Jared has gone to a sex toy store because he's been asked to bring sex toys, including a sex swing and some vibrators and a butt plug and some cock rings, I think. Yeah. And he does take offense at this because here we go. I'm in in no way am I a prude. I've just never had the urge to use a sex toy. My huge dick is the epitome of a toy. And I have several satisfied conquests that will attest to that fact. Shit, I could provide Beth with references if she asks. Unfortunately, the woman wants what she wants, and I'm inclined to give it to her for Cooper's sake. That's what good friends do for each other. Yeah, So, and this is the first (laughs) chapter where we get this inkling that something else is going on with... You mean something weird is going on with these two old friends who are just like high-fiving and double-teaming ladies left and right? There's something weird happening? That's weird. Yeah. Well, th- this 
this case, as it were, in particular, uh, seems like it might be a little off. Something, something that Bethany doesn't know is going on. But yes, yeah. he's at the he's at the uh, the sex toy store, uh, Andrew, mm-hmm. and two women, Nikki and Shannon, who are uh, very uh, attractive. Um, want to demonstrate the sex swing and some of the items for him in the room in the back. Mm-hmm. They would prefer to I- demonstrate the items with him, but <laughs> Jared's Jared's not allowed to because he did because well, his... they got they got uh, they got uh, STI tests. Yes, and she does not want anybody to be wearing a condom. So yeah. the so he can't just go and, and bone people in this, in this whatever holding pattern period, probationary period. Yes. I don't know what you would call it. Uh, so Kate brings up an interesting question joined late, but did we establish that this was an actual woman and not a female pen name too many wise to be real. And this is interesting because I slacked Craig Mm -hmm. if the if this author were a man it would explain everything Mm -hmm. it would explain literally everything that's going on in this book to me now you did all the author research and you did not you could not find I mean there's not a lot there's not a lot on on her her out there but 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 everything social feeds find yeah yeah. her so you know her social feeds she's out there she's going to conventions she's talking to people yeah, like if she has, if she's actually going to conventions and like meeting people at per, in person, like that gives me slightly more confidence that she might, she's she might a woman be using just, a different name. She yeah, and she's just like writing a, a certain style of of thing. Yeah, and it is it is some people's cup of tea, and it's not my cup of tea. But well, kind of based on the like looking at that uh, oeuvre of the. Uh, cocky hero club that mm-hmm. she submitted insatiable lover to uh seems like this uh, kind Nora of... says she's going to a convention yeah. in philly in 2022 uh-huh <laughs> oh, um no. it's it seems like this type of like kind of crappy dude might be uh an archetype that she's interested in oh I, certain, you certainly know, yeah she yeah, put yeah. two of them in this book <laughs> Our friends at the Heaving Bosoms podcast is are are they're they are much more versed in these. But I like I recognize that everybody in every romance book is some kind of type. Yeah, yeah. And usually, if somebody sucks, they are doing it at least in part on purpose because that's part of their type. Yes, for sure. Um, and that's fine. But like, the, I'm just I'm just reacting to the book as I'm reacting. Oh no, to that's it. fine. Um, Jared doesn't have sex with these women, but they do have sex with each other in the sex Be- swing because, while yeah, he jerks so, it in the back so, of the store. He's so horny, and th- this is I I hate Jared because he thinks that every time a barista in Starbucks is like smiles at him, it's because she no, likes him and is personally crotch. invested in it. Yeah, like it's it's not that these are people working in the service industry and they are just like doing their jobs. Yeah. It's like he has walked up to the the woman with the attractive lips and the woman with the big boobies and and he's so hot that they immediately start going down on each other in the storeroom while they're demoing sex swings to him. Yeah. Uh and then some sort of alarm goes off and they have to get out of there and a bunch of other people show up in the store buying like sex in the city themed vibrators or something it's 
It's and they start asking him if he's Mr. Big, which is topical. Oops. Yeah, that was a weird. <laughs> that was a weird thing to read this week. Um, okay, but we did. We skipped a Cooper chapter, Andrew. Yeah, I know you really want you. You love this part. I just want. I'm interested. Well, I'm, I, here's there's one detail you, about you this. You love this part. This there's, part really got your noodle flowing. This <laughs> chapter. There's a particular thing about it that I find very funny. Um, while I describe this chapter, because this will answer a question that somebody asked, I don't remember who in the chat, was like, can you just go buy a sex swing? This is Carol, yeah. Yes. Can you just bring a sex swing somewhere? Aren't there structural considerations? And I, I will say, yes, there are, and there are no, like, there is no scene with Cooper in the hardware store buying a stud finder. So, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> but it is it is explained how they are doing this in a hotel room. Yeah, so we get a, a cut to Cooper, and again... My biggest takeaway from the book is that I didn't expect so much Cooper. I thought this was going to be a Bethany book, but it's a, a lot of Coop. mostly a Coop book. Um, we open with his wife giving him a hard time about how much sex he likes that's to have. The on, that's the only hard thing that she gives him, is a hard time. He describes her using he's, some language I will not B-word. say on this she's podcast. She's the B-word the B and the C-word. Yeah, it's... All he wanted was a marriage where he could have freaky sex, and mm-hmm. she didn't want that. Well, she gave it to him until he put a ring on it, and then she was like, all right, this is closer for business. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Um, and he does love his kid who we never meet, and I don't think... He has a name, but I don't remember what it is. It's like... It begins with an A. Uh, Ar- Arthur. Antony. Ar- Aardvark. Um, Anthony. <laughs> so he goes to the hotel... And he says something here that I just want to put a pin in, Andrew. This isn't even the part of the hotel scene that I really want to talk about. But he says, the minute I saw that ginger, referring to Bethany, I was hooked. She's the perfect mixture of innocence with a side of devilish behavior. and I can't wait to get her naked. I thank my lucky stars that she picked me and Jared. (laughs) I've known him for years and we've shared women before. So what she asks for is no big deal. I don't foresee this turning into a relationship but I am definitely open to anything when it comes to her. Jared couldn't care less. He's a sexual being as much as I am, but he prefers variety. I just want to highlight that passage. This this passage is doing some Gone Girl stuff. It's a lie. Where it's in his head, but we're not give, being given access to all the information in his head because it's too early in the book for that. There's no reason that he should tell us, the reader, this. Just saying. More I mean, on people, that later. People tell themselves all kinds of stuff to like make them feel better about the horrible things that they do to other I people. Guess. So maybe that's what this is. Cooper goes to the hotel. Andrew, could you just look up uh, real quick what the name of the guy that uh, Cooper deals with in the hotel is? Oh, his name's like... Uh, it begins with a B because there's yeah, a whole funny joke a, where, where a Jerry doesn't know his funny name. joke that I, I think we've actually been guilty of on this podcast. Um, Cooper has to go to... Bradley. Bradley is his name. Oh, so there's a scene with Bradley and Cooper. Yeah, that's funny. Because Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the part I thought was funny. But anyway, no, Cooper's... <laughs> <laughs> Cooper's got to go to the hotel and make sure that he can install a sex swing there. He's supposed to talk to the one manager. He's got to, he's got to bribe the help so they don't narc on him for like structurally altering the hotel room yeah i don't know if cooper's in there with like spackle after to like cover up all (laughs) the stuff that he did but but cooper 
uh, goes up to the room with Bradley, uh, and he's like, hey, because Brad- Bradley's the assistant manager. He's like a little lower on, on the org chart, and he is oddly, he is very attracted to Cooper. Bradley yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And Cooper is like, hey, listen, man, me and my buddy have to fuck this lady in this room in a few days, and she really wants us to install a sex swing. So yeah. can you just make sure, I'm going to like give you some money, and can you tell the cleaning people to not come in and get us in trouble? And Bradley's like, hmm, could I watch? And Cooper goes, no, <sighs> but I'll give you a little something for your spank bank. Let's go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Cooper takes a shower yeah. and invites Bradley to sit there on the toilet and watch mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And they both. And he cranks it in the shower. They and both Bradley. crank it at the same time. <laughs> it rules. It's great. I just, like, is this what. Is the relationship between Jared and Cooper what male friendship's supposed to look like? Because if that's the case, you and me have been doing this thing wrong for a long time. There is a. Re- I don't know. We got. We're going to talk about these guys and their dudes rock moments later because <laughs> there's so much dudes rock. <laughs> there is something like, going on. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> my favorite part in the whole book. <laughs> is that they're both they're both double teaming this woman in this hotel room, <laughs> and, and and Jared Jared says, "Fuck, she's so wet, Coop." <laughs> Damn, Coop. Damn, Coop. Damn, Coop, I'm wrecking this lady and she's so hot. Oh, my God. This <laughs> book was a good time. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that part. So, Coop has secured the sex swing uh, in uh, viability. Jared has acquired the actual sex swing. Yeah. They have and to do also, in one about a more week, thing. he's going to come back to the sex store and, and fuck both these ladies. They have to do one more thing, though, Andrew. Yep. Boys got to get waxed. This is weird. And I, I think don't like fre- this chapter. The frequency with which Jared goes to get waxed, where he is apparently going every single week to get waxed, which, according to my research, is between two and five times more frequent than you need to be going in there to get anything waxed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No. This uh, scene sucks. It, I hate this. So... The this scene is in here to show that Cooper doesn't want to get waxed, but he'll do it for Bethany. There's this like really rough, bad trope of a very strong, burly woman who's gonna rip all of Coop's pubes off. Yeah, and like, it sucks. It's bad. Yeah, her name's Helga, I guess. It's not and great. She has, she has man hands. Yeah, it's some. Like Seinfeld. Yeah, it's so Remember funny. that from Seinfeld? She had man hands. This chapter gave me anxiety about the man hands episode that I have to record for Seinfeld Triple X in a few years. <laughs> like, I got upset thinking about it, Andrew. Um, Everybody. <laughs> everybody's taking Bradley's Bronwyn, side. Bronwyn says, isn't Cooper the mm-hmm. owner of the Space Jam Overdue book? And I think it's different. It's different Coops, but. Everybody in the chat's really going off. About I don't the know Cooper how old now. that book is, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be. Well, I mean, his name's. I don't want to spoil anything. Well, yes, right. We don't. We don't want to spoil anything. Um, it's, it's a different coop. Uh, the thing about this scene that matters to the rest of the book is 
Jared plants a seed. She's huh. so wet, Coop. <laughs> Jared plants a seed with Bethany uh, that she and Cooper might have like something more than sexual attraction. Sure. I mean, he definitely does for her. She's completely in the dark about this because two men are lying to her to yeah. take advantage of her, but sure. But he is like, listen, Coop seems to, you and Coop seem to have some chemistry. You should think about that. And she's like, I don't fucking know, dude. I just want, she says, sex is what I crave. And I'm, I highlighted I mean, that and I was like, fuck yeah, Beth. Same, I guess. I guess. I wanted more Beth in this book because I honestly think if we got more of her point of view, I would like come away with this book from this book, like really liking her character. Well, and also I think the less time we spend in Jared and Coop's heads, the more we she, might not totally hate them. Yeah. And as, uh, as the chat points out, she is more attracted to Jared, but yeah, I don't know. Well, but because his dick is like a sex toy. Well, it's his own sex toy. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooper comes out of getting waxed and he says to her, and he doesn't remark on this uh, afterwards, even though she's a little confused. He says, don't ever make me do anything like that again. I've wanted you forever. So I was willing this one time, but no more. What? Yeah. What? And then... She has a little moment where she talks to her friend Carrie and is like, I feel like I know these guys, but I can't place them. Well, well, actually, what she does is she remarks that it's weird that he said that he's wanted her forever. And then she voluntarily deletes it entirely from her mind. Yeah, that's true. And doesn't think about it again until later when she has to. (laughs) Um, We got a Cooper chapter uh, before they go to dinner, I think where they're supposed to go to dinner with her at Budokan. There's a Budokan in Philly, and so that kind of confused me. I've been to that restaurant. Um, <laughs> you still laughing about the wet coop? Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Wet coop. And um, he's thinking about Beth having her back in his life. That's a quote. Jared tells her tells him over the phone that he told Beth about coop and like dating. And mm-hmm. coop gets a little mad. And Jared's like, listen, man, you're going to have to make a move and we're going to have to tell her stuff at some point. And she probably does want a relationship. And then he uses this ball of foil metaphor. This is such a weird Shrek ass (laughs) metaphor for how complicated people can be. He says she's tinfoil. When you tear off a sheet, it's flat and smooth with no real dimension. If you ball that same piece of foil up, it becomes a hard, impenetrable mass that can only be separated without without tearing by delicate hands. Beth is that ball right now, and as soon as she opens up, new grooves and intricacies that weren't on the original sheet will be prominent, allowing her to be who she really wants to be. And then he, so, he tortures the metaphor a little bit in more. The, in this metaphor, okay, so I guess I get that when you meet somebody, they're like a ball of foil. And they're and it's hard and it's impenetrable yeah. and, and you don't and they're unknowable and you can't you, yeah. there's no way there's no way to talk to a woman and get to know anything about her without lying to her and tricking her into having sex with you. Fine, like okay, obviously. And unfolding the foil, like okay, you get to know somebody, you do you get to see the the infinite complexities and the different like patterns that define their lives. Fine. What in this metaphor, like when you're a smooth cheetah foil, are you a baby? Like what is, what part of life smooth slash foil brain, man. social interaction is the smooth cheetah foil? I don't know. I don't, like, I don't think like, everyone's so a surface, cheetah foil. So surface level, she's boring. 
Yeah. And then slightly under the surface, she's a wadded up ball of foil and she's impenetrable and unknowable. And then you get another layer deeper than that and she's an unwadded sheet kinda, of foil. I like the part okay. of it where it's you open up the ball and it's got like the wrinkles and and like lines of the stuff that caused you to put your armor up. I like that part, but nothing else about it makes any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't really... No- um, so let me read another fun passage okay. that I liked. This is when this is when Jared. So we talked a little bit about how Jared and and Beth have this conversation about how maybe Beth should date Jared. Date Coop. 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 Yes. Coop. 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 Um, I have no problems with getting a boyfriend, but they've always been sexually boring. Uh, I really don't want to retell my relationship woes to this man because it's none of his business. But what the hell? I'm intrigued. This is another quote from her. You already know about my fetish for porn. <laughs> So it's understandable that I would want to try every dirty thing that I've already seen. Yeah. That's not what a fetish... <laughs> so well, is that what a, I, I think, don't know that that's what a fetish is. Like, I, just like being into any porn is not its own thing, right? Yeah. The story she told, I think the usage of the, of the word porn to diagram this sentence in that phrase is doing a lot of work for like porn where guys are gonna dominate her it's it's talking about her experience with this old vh this old uh vhs tape the ring tape that she has to copy with her body and propagate out into the world (laughs) yeah i think i think you're right it is it is an oddly generic way to express what i think she's saying which is like you know i want to get fucked into oblivion Mm -hmm. based on that one video i saw Mm -hmm. Yeah, crumple me up like a ball of tinfoil, daddy. And then uncrumple me and then rip me apart. (laughs) (laughs) And then put me in a Ziploc bag and And sous vide me. Yeah, and then use me to to cover up a pie. (laughs) uh, Laura in the chat points out that maybe it's a VHS fetish, which is unexplored in this book. Yeah, yeah, you know, EP, LP, SP. I love to get taped over, Daddy. Clean, clean my heads, Daddy. <laughs> Rewind me. <laughs> Be kind. <laughs> Rewind. Um, so the other thing from that Jared and Coop conversation is what at least one of them says we'll have to tell her who we are, which is like dun dun dun. <sighs> um, they go to dinner, except Jared cancels. So it's just Coop and Beth having cool dinner. Mm-hmm. And she asks what his deal is, and she doesn't want to tell him. And then we get the real story, which he says to us, the reader. A small mm-hmm. part of me just wants to say fuck it and tell her my real name and how I've been in love with her since I was 16. That might freak her out, though, especially since she only saw me once in high school. I doubt she would remember the scrawny kid with glasses and a huge nose. An injury, plastic surgery, and a whole lifestyle change courtesy of Jared made me the man I am today. So what does it matter who I was back then? Ladies, he went to Jared, and now he's, he's capable of fucking. How long have you been sitting on that one? Came up with it while I was reading. I'm very impressed with myself. That's, no, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Man, you are, you are like a ball of tinfoil that I'm slowly, I've been slowly uncrumpling over the course of, of My brain is so years. wrinkled, Coop. <laughs> and so he just won't spill the beans for her. Um, but they have a nice dinner. They don't really talk about too much. Everybody in the chat is really excited that um, who is it? Who can uh, Cassandra says that 
Uh, there's no correct side of foil. The shiny side is just shiny because it was facing the rollers. I didn't know that there was a, supposed to be a... I didn't know that there was a debate about whether there was a right side of the foil. Apparently, it doesn't matter at all. But I've, everybody in the chat is like, whoa. I've never thought about that. I've, yeah. I don't think about that. I get intuitively why you would think the different sides of the foil would do different things. But I guess it didn't occur to me because I'm stupid. <laughs> But I'm just glad to know that through my stupidity, I you've arrived at correct doing answer. it right the whole time. That's yeah. my favorite way to be right is by accident. In his ride home from the di- from the dinner, he spills more backstory on us. Uh, yeah, can yeah, you he tell just shoots, me how she just, he just shoots hot backstory all over our pussies? Can you tell me, Andrew, why <laughs> Coop needed uh, plastic surgery on his face? Because he was like jumping into a quarry and he got hurt. <laughs> like the water was shallower than he thought and he cut himself on all the jags of all the rocks. Yeah. And then he had to miss his whole senior year because he broke his leg in his face. Yeah. In the quarry. They were on a rope swing jumping into some water and it was a drought and he landed on the rocks. He doesn't remember. Let's be clear. He doesn't remember if it was a drought or not. He, he does just was, say he that. Just was, right. He was really hot and he needed to cool off. Um, and so they go to the old quarry. But he. But, this is why we need to invest in more like public infrastructure. <laughs> like if there had been a public pool yeah. that Coop could have gone to instead of trying to jump into the quarry. Um, this whole story never would have happened. Oh, no. Laura, the quarry's so wet, Coop. It wasn't wet at all. And that's why he broke his face in the quarry. <laughs> The quarry is slick with my blood, Coop. The, you no, know, no one scoped out the rope swing and installed it properly while someone watched them in the bathroom. It was very unfortunate. Um, so he got plastic surgery to fix his nose. <laughs> it made him hot. So and then even though he was homeschooled his entire senior year, Jared taught him the Kama Sutra and the ways of negging women. Jared and is a real Jordan Peterson. Piece he's a of pickup shit. artist. Pick artist. He's a pickup artist. Yeah, and yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's bad. Um, and so then Jared's we got like, let me. I'm going to turn you on to this guy named uh, Joe Rogan, and we're gonna we're gonna fix your dick up. I have not seen Jared's Spotify Wrapped, but I can guess what podcasts are on it. Yep. Um, we got a quick Jared POV of them setting up the sex swing in the hotel. He is calling Bradley all the wrong names. It's so funny. It's really funny. And they tell him to leave. And then she comes in. I th- is she just like wearing a jacket with nothing She's underneath it? She's wearing a trench it? coat. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, the only reason a woman would wear a trench coat is if she, to was, be naked. If, if she was Starkers under it. And yeah. then lo and behold, she is. Uh, and then we get into two back-to-back... Butt slapping sex scenes. Um, <laughs> first, yeah, they're just that's how sex works, right? Is you just like slap your butts together. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh First from Cooper's perspective, I've got a child, but I don't know. I don't know how he. He just know. showed up. One, he just a like bird dropped he him. Just, off. He's just here. Uh, Stork came. So the thing about the Cooper sequence, as they like to call it, is she that fuck. She's so wet, Coop. He is just taking control. And he and Jared have teamed up on girls before, and this is not normal. This is not, and and, and so, okay, so she's tied to the bed, right? And that happens after a little bit, yeah. Jared is, has his dick in her mouth. Yeah, can I? Coop 
I didn't like, like that part. Coop appears to be jerking off near her vagina. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. And Jared's like, hey, I'm going to nut. And then Coop is like, no, only I nut in her mouth. <laughs> he says that. He says, uh... Uh, what does he say? Jared releases a frustrating groan as he pulls out, but I don't give a fuck. He can use her to the point of release. Hell, I'll probably even let him fuck her, but only my cum goes inside her mouth. I want to be the first man to shoot inside, shoot down her throat, even though I'm letting Jared have her in this way. Dude, I mean, how do you this know the- that you're the first man ever to shoot down her throat? I mean, I guess the first man tonight? That's, that's one small load for man. <laughs> One giant squirt for all mankind. Jesus Christ. This is why we're not allowed to do explicit episodes, because I feel like I'm cussing in front of my parents, and it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks and blows. Um, they do some, like, oh, you're disobeying stuff. Like, they're she's into them. Tyler says the rope swing incident helped him learn about proper installation <laughs> of the sex swing. <laughs> Never make that mistake again. um there's a lot of cooper like oh no you're not doing exactly what we told you you're gonna be you're naughty you deserve this and she's into it like that's the vibe of their threesome is that jared is kind of just like i don't know there i end the cycle with ropes of my hot cum landing on her pussy yeah after my last spurt, I use my dick to rub it all over her inner thigh and on the outside of her, simultaneously turning off and removing the vibrator with my other hand. Based on her moans, I know she wants more, but with Jared collapsed next to her and my cock semi-hard, it might take a minute for us to start again. There's no members in this book. There's no... Well, well but... Oh, you mean, I mean you mean the word member. Yeah. You don't mean like actual penis. This book is chock-a-block with members. It's chock-a-block. It's members only. Um... <laughs> But so then they so they've they've everyone has orgasmed. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's been not as not too much like penetration. Happening. I mean, there, I think most of the penetration and like Chekhov's sex swing. They do all this stuff about like the the logistics of purchasing and installing the sex the sex swing and then everything that happens in the sex swing is contained in a fade to black in between yeah fucks you so wet coop and like the next morning where the twist happens <laughs> yeah because that the, the the she's so wet coop part happens in a bethany chapter they've gone through one round of sex and now they're going to do it again and she loves it the carnal part of me wants to leave my cum on your pussy where it belongs yeah <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> But they all kind of clean each other up. They clean each other up and then get back to it. (laughs) And she loves it. And then uh, they both take her at the same time. And they love it. Everybody loves it. The reader, the characters. She loves it so much that she blacks out. The reason earlier in the podcast that I said the word shatter is that that is the verb that she uses. That is a thing I recognize from Fifty Shades and other books that we have read as well. That this book a, does reference Fifty Shades a couple times. It does. Like there's there's it does. a vibrator that's named for Fifty Shades. Yep. Was Fifty Shades the one that was called Masters of the Universe originally? Um, or am I thinking was. of something else? No, yeah, but, but, because, but that's the, because also, isn't that like a He-Man reference? I mean, it's also a He-Man thing, but, but Jared refers to himself as a Master of the Universe like twice. And I, I don't... Uh. No, I'm not. Sh- I I am more inclined to make the Fifty Shades leap than I am to 
Interesting. Think that Jared is like, yeah, I'm like He-Man from the ADC <laughs> Man cartoons. What if he was like, I'm Lion-O from <laughs> <Thundercats>. <laughs> I have Thundara. Show me come upon come. Um, this podcast is canceled. Yeah, it's really it's canceled. Not, we're not doing it anymore. Um, <laughs> new year, new us. <laughs> Um, God, Jared. We got a quick chat from Jared the morning after. Yeah, you're right, mm-hmm. Andrew. They totally yada yada over all the sex swing stuff. It's ridiculous how much they build to the sex swing, and then they don't even Chekhov. <laughs> Chekhov would have Chekhov's blue balls. Um, yeah, yeah. And while she's like Chekhov, Chekhov's over here, and he's like, "I'm trying to fire my gun," and they cut out the horniest part. <laughs> I'm cranking it over here, and I can't. Yeah. Hey, I'm cranking here. Um, crank off. Uh, they are chit-chatting while they think she's still asleep. Mm-hmm. And they kind of uh, talk a little bit about their sneaky backstory, where they say that they used her coworker Danny. Uh, they like hooked up with Danny through this. Okay, dating so Danny agency. would never Danny would never allow herself to be used unless it felt good. Says Jared. So we know that Danny yeah, has, has agency and everything here is 100% Danny oh, approved. Yes. Okay, good point. Um, and they want to keep... They're going to have to tell Beth their story. And Jared apparently owns this kinky dating business. And so he gave Danny a platinum membership uh, so that she would recommend the service to Beth... So that Beth would use the service so that Jared could uh, crank and jank the algorithm so that it matched her with Coop and Jared. Yeah, so Jared invented this apparently independently successful dating app Yeah, just to help Coop. No, I think he was going to always invent the app. Because he says it in the next chapter 14 years ago when he talks about how good he is at teaching other dudes how to bone. He's yeah. like, what if I turned this into a money-making idea? That is... that is. He's a real bone honest, entrepreneur, Andrew. Honest, this is the wildest thing in the whole world is that Jared says to Josh, because Coop's name is actually Josh. And Beth hears them and storms out because she's like, oh, you just you, you just used me. This was all a setup. Yeah, this was all set up. And, and so now we flash back in a couple of chapters to back when they were in high school. And this is this is pre-quarry accident. Pre-quarry accident. Where Coop briefly talks to Beth, but then she's like, oh, well, somebody else can study with me. I don't need you to study with me anymore. And it totally ruins Josh's whole life. Yes. This is the whole like genre of lazy uh intro fiction writing trope mm. where because a woman spurns you, any action that you take is therefore not only justified but also sympathetic. Like people this this is people will totally give you a pass on everything because you perceive yourself to have been wronged by a woman once at, a decade ago. At that moment, I swore to myself that I would do whatever it took to have her, even if it meant crossing certain lines. Ellis asks in the chat, so they spent like two de- decades making an app to con this one woman. I do not believe... To be fair, I think it was only one decade, because she's 30. I, I also... She describes herself as being of the ripe old age of 30. And I, you know, I'm not out here to defend Jared. I think, but the... These are crappy guys for all sorts of reasons. I don't think that the app was specifically 
designed for this thing. I think that- I I think that the app was specifically designed for this thing, and if it succeeds otherwise, it's it's icing well, on the proverbial cake. If I you think, will. The, but I think the the story sets up that like Coop wasn't like stalking her online for a decade. He saw her a few months ago. And was like Jared. Like I guess, and then he was like Jared. Can you invent this whole app to help me trick this woman into loving, loving me? Like it, it's it. And it's, so it's we, get all the, bad. we get the we get the flashback chapters. And the, the wildest thing that that Jared says to Coop here is, "Relax, I'm not going to, to confess." Them. So Jared owes Coop because they took mushrooms once, and Jared almost killed himself. And but then Coop like saved him from falling over a cliff so this is this is why jared wants to help break coop in half and remake him in his own image yeah th- um, there's some real dudes rock stuff uh, i'm not going to confess that i'm in love with you and want to do you or something and the subtext there is no homo even though it's not written in the text yeah uh, I only want to help you because I owe you my life, and this is how I want to repay you. Hell, maybe I can make some money on this one day. Uh-huh. What kind of... this that's a completely ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> it is. Just this is like specifically the last part. Like, I'm gonna help turn you into a pick art up artist, and who knows, maybe there's some money in it for old Jared. Yeah. When you're 16. I hate. I hate Jared. both of them so much. Yeah. I.I. says in the chat... A white hot ball of rage. Whoa. I.I. Uh, says in the chat, I thought the app was just for kicks and then happened to be useful to hook Beth. That was my read on it also. It does not absolve them of anything. I'm just trying to get the timeline of the book right. But all, the, all that said, Jared does try to Pygmalion Coop <laughs> into uh, a dirty scumbag. Uh Carol asks, how is Christmas involved? Uh, Carol, it's not. This, this is all is happening, happening on, this on is all Christmas happening, Eve. This is happening near Christmas. Santa could come down the chimney of this yeah, hotel he could room come, at any he moment. He could come Think down the chimney because he's up see. there. Right jolly old elf's up there cranking his candy cane. He's going to come down the chimney. <laughs> I think, okay, Bronwyn asked, how do they know that this was her fantasy? I think because Jared had been boning everyone in her office, they got like wind of it i think that's how that worked i guess it's it's the again this book is like who it is it is not explaining itself anyway cooper slash josh now is kind of texting her she doesn't want to hear from him he gets drunk and texts her some more he says he loves her she reasonably replies you barely know me and he says, yes, I do. I know you bite your bottom lip when you're nervous, that you twirl your hair with your fingers when thinking. You smile at everyone, no matter if you like them or not. You look hot in a skirt. Well, ladies, he knows everything about her. So you should feel <laughs> fine about him. Yeah, I know a couple of like uh, physical tics that you have. So like that, this is the same. As, like I don't know what your your mom's name is, but I do know that you bite your lip when you're nervous. And so please... I'm not going to apologize for all the stuff that I did because I didn't do anything wrong. But, like, please, could you just look past it Yeah, and hop back on my wiener? Uh, what maybe a reasonable person could do would be, oh, a woman I was attracted to in high school is in town. I'm a divorcee and I would like to talk to her so that we could have sex maybe one day. Maybe I should, like 
find a, a way to contact her and see if she might want to have coffee. I probably shouldn't have the guy who owes me a Wookiee life debt use his creepy dating service to let us all bone under my new name that I, mm-hmm. I've been living under for 10 years mm-hmm. because my nose got hot mm-hmm. after I broke it in a quarry. <laughs> <laughs> Both of these, like, they act like they are old war buddies who, like, owe yeah. each other for, like, these things that happened to them in the line of duty or whatever and like no one took mushrooms and one broke his face off in a fucking quarry and like they're, they're the stupidest dumbest like 17 year old white boy things to do and it's not played and for they've a shaped laugh. their entire life so the it made me think of i don't know how many times you've seen the film white christmas andrew i've none times okay so bing crosby's character and the other guy whose name um danny k uh, Danny Kaye saves Bing Crosby from a wall falling on him in World War II. And Danny Kaye, like, maybe hurt his arm while he did it. And he mm-hmm. kind of coerces uh, Crosby into being his song and dance man partner by, like, always, like, rubbing his elbow, like, oh, I hurt myself saving your life. And there's lots of funny goofs about him rubbing the wrong elbow or, like, it not actually being that bad. And this is... It works in the context of that story because it's like a joke. This is uh, bad because Mm -hmm. these are just idiots. They're just idiots. Mm -hmm. Did you did we read did you read the part already where um, Coop is going after Beth to like explain himself, and he forcibly kisses her against her will? No. Despite her struggle, I pull her into a kiss. Though she fights me at first, her resolve eventually dissipates. In no way do I see this as a sign that she forgives me. In fact, I'm proven correct when she knees me in the balls, forcing me to let her go and hold myself. (sighs) So Coop just wants to apologize to her. And Jared is like, when you explain that you have been... In love with her forever. Jerking off to her for 12 years, she'll come around and be just so grateful that she will want to be with you forever. And unfortunately for all of us, Jared is proven right. And Beth does just like she wants to be with Cooper Josh. Yeah, it takes Jared going to her house and forcing his way into her house on Christmas and saying, listen, what you don't know is that this guy fell on his face in a quarry. It's not even, it's like, it's, he fell on his face in a quarry, but also like he, you know, he really likes you. But he you. really likes he you. He really like. and so, yeah, he just, he doesn't just want to have sex with you. Like, he really likes you. And so it's totally fine that we did all this horrible shit. Her response uh, internally is, this new information has me feeling sorry for him. He went through so much for me. He didn't break his face in a quarry for you. He no, just did that. He had a failed marriage for her. And That's not. That also <laughs> is not for her. It's just a thing that happened. And the reason his marriage failed is because he is sex obsessed and he can't talk his problems out with his wife. His lie wasn't bad. It was more of an omission. Jared it, no, was, it was a lie. Jared was, was the one who manipulated me. So technically, no, they both he's did. at fault. No, it's a pile of lies. Yeah, this is like a, a crumpled tinfoil ball of lies that you did to her. Yeah. So she resolves basically to be cool with it. And then we go to the coffee shop. 
and she makes him wait. She's she is sitting at a table behind him, and he doesn't know because mm-hmm. she is stalking him. Isn't it fun? Yeah, the power dynamics is really totally shifted. This is the, this is exactly the same. And they talk for a little bit, and she says, "I'm not saying that what you did was okay, and I don't forgive you completely." But I am saying that there will never be any consequences and that we're going to be together forever. Our night together was an eye-opening experience for me and I'd like to do it again. And she wants to meet Josh. And then it ends on a joke about Carrie wanting to punch him in the balls and Josh is like, well, they're your balls now. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the last line of the book. (laughs) Uh, The last line of the book is the epilogue where... Where Jared is like, my dick don't work no more. They got married a year later, and he had sex at their wedding with a lady he calls Voldemort because I guess she stole his sex mojo. Because she, like, Avada cadavered his dick. Yep. This is a book we read, huh? This is a book we... Okay, so... It's a steamy book. If what you want is to read the description of sexual acts because it might titillate you, then d- this bo- go this find book another has it. go find another book that's going to show you the sex swing part. Mm. Show me the se- where's the deleted scenes in this book where Those they actually ladies. do the sex swing. Those two ladies used the sex swing. They didn't, I but not the protagonist of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's the one I'm invested in. I don't care about Shannon and Megan or whatever the Nikki s- Andrew. Sorry. <laughs> this is Nikki Erasure and I apologize. <laughs> like this book made me feel really icky and it's, it's for two reasons. One is that it doesn't have anything to do on Christmas and if you tell me one more time that happens on Christmas Eve, I will tell you it needs to have something to fucking do with the story. This could be a like a St. Patrick's Day, but like happy St. Fuck's Day everybody. <laughs> Luck, fuck of the Irish. Like this, it could be, it could be Flag Day. Like it could be any holiday. It has nothing to do intrinsically with the Christmas holiday. Like it's not even important what the weather is, really. You're so you're here to say that this is like this is a Christmas book. No, it's not a Christmas the, book. Well, I'm here to say that it isn't. It's not a Christmas book, and also the dudes made me feel icky. Yeah, I didn't like the dudes and not sticky. And that's not the way that I want to feel after I read a horny Christmas book. Mm. Yeah, Hannah points. I was just going to try to like talk about that. It doesn't even have diehard levels of Christmas. Yeah. It's mostly relegated to people not liking Christmas. Very briefly. <sighs> Hannah says that she wishes we would have done a Twilight Live episode <laughs> instead. And honestly, I guess. what? Which one haven't we read? Have we not read the gender swap one? We have not read. We have not read the gender swap one. We, we read, read from Edward's Edward perspective. One. We haven't read gender swap one. Um, I mean, maybe we do gender swap Twilight. For- okay, I have two things here for you from the chat, Andrew. Okay, Marissa says you should ask your romance readers in the audience for recommendations next time because I just read a book about a butch lesbian Santa. Okay, okay, noted. Uh, okay. It, is, it is called Her Night with Santa by Adriana Herrera. Um, Emma asks, if you were to swap out one of the characters with Santa, which would be the best choice? I would. Okay. So I do hate Coop. I hate hate him. I hate Coop fucking sucks. But I think a lot of the reason why Coop sucks is because he's been led astray by Jared. Yeah. 
So I replaced Jared with Santa. Oh, I did. Suddenly, it. suddenly it's Santa telling yes. Coop how to win a woman. And it's got like a lot of Christmas energy about it's like got, it's got a lot of Christmas and... energy and he's got like more wholesome stuff because but also he's Santa and so he's seen everybody jerk off yeah and, and he's got like a lot of good advice like he can tell her he he can tell Coop all kinds of stuff about what she likes I don't know if there's like Santa patient confidentiality if there's like HIPAA for Santa <laughs> where he has to keep that stuff private but I think, yeah, like it could be Coop like wishing for, he could still be pining for her, right? Yeah. And he could wish on Christmas Eve, like, oh, I, you know, it would make my whole holiday season better if yeah. I could just be with her. And then Santa, like a, a phantom of, of Christmas yet to come, comes down the chimney, <laughs> tells him, I am, yeah, he comes down the chimney, and then he comes into the house, <laughs> and <laughs> and he says, Coop, I'm going to I'm gonna take you on a journey, I'm going to tell you what you need to know to win this girl. Yeah. And, and then they have naughty sex, and then nice sex. Well, and then Santa, old Saint Dick, as he's called in this book, yeah. just gives him all kinds of really good hot tips, mm-hmm. and like, the reindeers fuck, yeah. Like not on screen, they just like fuck in general. Yeah. Why um, not? And maybe like Santa and Mrs. Claus like demonstrate some cool positions uh-huh. that Coop could learn. And maybe, then Coop uses all that knowledge to to get the girl. Maybe Bradley's an elf. Maybe Bradley's an elf who still watches <laughs> Coop jerk off in the shower, though. Like that is that is a part I need. <laughs> Tysophine wants to switch out Beth with Santa, which would make it a much different book. It'd be a very different book. I mm-hmm. think that would maybe solve the problem that Beth is is a little underwritten for my taste. Like if you just put yeah. Santa in the Beth role, I get it. It's Santa. Mm-hmm. I don't need to dive into Santa's character as much. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. why I think you're right. I, I I'm interested in a in a Santa in the Jared position. Well, and and I mean, literally and figuratively. Cause, but only Cooper may come in her mouth. <laughs> um, this has been a fun podcast. To and do. Santa could also, you know, he he could be down on on Coop's ex wife too. Like he could say, "Oh, that she's a ho ho ho." Ooh, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have to buy any of the sex toys. He'd just pull them out of his bag. He'd pull them out of his yeah, his magic Santa bag out of his sack. Yeah, and he'd be like, "Hey, Cooper, I've got something in my sack for you, and also here's some presents." Can you, can you imagine Santa? Saying she's so wet, Coop. <laughs> she's so jolly, Coop. She's so jolly, Coop. She's got so much Christmas spirit, Coop. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. This book has put worms in our brains. Um, just I hope you had fun listening. I didn't have fun saying. <laughs> I feel very strange about this episode because we haven't done like a really raunchy horny one in a while. And there's no, there's nothing wholesome or pure or light in this book to (laughs) hang our hats on. Like there was in the, the ropey come Christmas mall owner book. That's true. That's true. 
Um, this is definitely our last recording of the year 2021. And possibly ever. No, no. <laughs> We've put our schedule up on the internet, so we at least are committed on some other books. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks to our patrons who were able to join us in the chat. If you want to tell us um, what books you'd put Santa in, you can send us an email at overduepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Keep it uh, clean at overduepod. Thanks to Nick Lorandis who composed our theme music. Andrew, uh, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? Overduepodcast.com is our internet website. We have links to the books that we have read and are going to read. We have a link to our Patreon project, which you all know about if you're in the chat. But if you're not in the chat and you want to be, if you have some ribald funny stuff to say <laughs> to us, you can uh, go to patreon.com become a supporter and sit in on these recordings with us. They're always a good time. Um, what else? I think that's most of it. Yeah, I'm good. Check our socials for the January schedule. We're kicking <sighs> off the new year with some dragon tattoo uh, yeah. or the sequel thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope folks are safe and well. As Thank we, you all yep. for helping us through 2021, yeah. a year that I think we thought was going to be a lot better than it was. You were the chosen one. Yeah. 2021. Uh, but 2021 had the high ground. Um, and as we record, there's a lot of folks on the West Coast who are going through some extreme weather shit. So I hope that anybody listening is doing okay there. Uh, let's uh, ring in the new year, Andrew. All right, everybody. Until we talk to you next time, try to be happy, Coop. That was a HeadGum Podcast.